Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday, October 30th, 2016, and you are tuned in to a special Halloween Eve edition of The Misty Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm going to be flying solo again for this one, but just sit back and relax as I take you into the strange world of crop circles, plus any other scary topic that time allows. Before I start, I just want to give a reminder that I'll be posting our November episode schedule by tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, If I'm feeling particularly productive, I may be able to get December's out to you guys too. Um, Also, because November will be coming in on Tuesday, we'll begin our Joy of Giving campaign by featuring a special animal organization that we feel are doing a great job at improving the lives and conditions of animals. And our featured pet and pet trivia posts will also return, so make sure you're checking out our blog at she'satorty.blogspot.com. As far as I know, I'll probably do the featured pet posts on my typical Thursday. It's not set in stone that way. Sometimes I do it a day or so earlier or later. And probably the pet trivia will also be on Friday as normal. Um If you have your own crop circle story that you might want to share with us or any other creepy topic, you can hit me up at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. And let me not assume for you guys who may be new to the show that you know how to spell that. She's a tortie is S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. So she's a tortie blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. Links from information used in today's episode can be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Now, on to the weird and creepy subject of crop circles. Okay, So for you guys out there who may not know exactly what a crop circle is, I'm sure most people have heard of them, I will just kind of give you a brief rundown of what a crop circle is. Um, And in this definition, it says that basically it's an area of standing crops that have been flattened in the form of a circle or more complex pattern. So that's what a crop circle is. I'll be honest with you guys, I was kind of having a rough time doing research for this because I found myself kind of getting bored and I was asking myself, well, what is it about this topic because you came up with it, so why why are you kind of finding it boring? And I think what it was for me is because I think the most agreed consensus is that it's of human design, that, you know, it's pretty much just hoaxes. There is no supernatural cause to it. There are no aliens doing it or blah, blah, blah. And that that's fine, but I think I like subjects where there's an air of mystery and it hasn't necessarily been solved or definitely been proven to be of human origin. Now, um, let me say this based on the research I've done. It does appear that some of them are hoaxes and that they were created by people. Still say that some of those designs are just so complex, I just don't understand how people could have done it, at least not with the aid of like um, 
heavy-duty machinery and lasers and things like that, which is even mentioned that some of the more complex patterns may have been created with lasers and GPS or things like that. But some of them are just so crazy complex, I just don't see how just a small group of human beings just out in a field in the middle of the night could have really done something like that and made the um, pattern so geometrically perfect. That's my take on it. So I, I do agree that some of them are probably man-made, but there just seem to be some of them that aren't. And I think that's kind of um, how some, I think the small minority, there are a minority of people who do feel that some of them are created by non-human sources, but I think the majority now out there feel like there is logical explanation and that they have human-made basis. But let me come over here to um, Live Science. They have a pretty um, interesting article on it, and it's called Crop Circles Explained. And let me go here. Um, Now, as far as their um, take on the early claims of crop circles, They say um, many people believe that crop circles have been reported for centuries, a claim repeated in many books and websites devoted to the mystery. Their primary piece of evidence is a woodcut from 1678 that appears to show a field of oak stalks laid out in a circle. Some take this to be a firsthand eyewitness account of a crop, but a little historical investigation shows otherwise. So the woodcut was actually used to illustrate what in folklore is called a mowing devil legend, in which an English farmer told a worker with whom he was feuding that he would rather pay the devil himself to cut his oat field than pay the fee demanded. The source of the harvesting is not unknown or mysterious. It is indeed Satan himself who can be seen in the woodcut holding a scythe. According to the original text of the legend, the devil cut them in round circles and placed every straw with that exactness that it would be that it would have taken up above an age for any man to perform what he did in one night. This image and story can't be related to crop circles because it states explicitly that the crop was cut rather than laid down as occurs in crop circles. So even though some people have been claiming that they've been around for centuries, you can't rely on this 1678 um, woodcutting thing to to demonstrate that because that's basically from the mowing devil legend. And since in this legend the devil actually cuts the field in circular patterns, that can't be attributed to the crop circle. Plus it's just a legend. Um, Now one of the um, more, um, I guess, well, let me not say accurate, but I guess, Another origin um, that I guess really kind of got it going with the crop circles actually was in 1966. So even if you're going to go by this one, not centuries old, but this is kind of the one where um, people kind of first started talking about them. Um, Some claim that the first crop circles, though they were not called that at the time, appeared near the small town of Tully, Australia. In 1966, a farmer said he saw a flying saucer rise up from a swampy area and fly away. When he went to investigate, he saw a roughly circular area of debris and apparently flattened reeds and grass, which he assumed had been made by the alien spacecraft, but which police investigators said was likely caused by a natural phenomena such as a dust devil or water spout. Um, Referred in the press as flying saucer nest, this story is more a UFO report than a crop circle report. 
So that's kind of maybe where the, the earliest um, thing which you would hear about a crop circle came from was this thing in Tully, Australia, um, or near the town of Tully, Australia. Um, as in the 1678 Mowing Devil legend, the case for it being linked to crop circles is especially weak when we consider that the impression or formation was not made in a crop of any kind, but instead an ordinary grass. Okay, so his was made in grass. Um, a round impression in a lawn or grassy area is not necessarily serious, as anyone with a kiddie pool in the backyard knows. Indeed, mysterious circles have appeared in grass throughout the world that are sometimes attributed to fairies, but instead caused by disease. Okay, so here are some of the theories and explanations for a crop circle. Um, and I'm going to get into two gentlemen who actually came out and admitted that they were responsible for a lot of them in the 1970s, and I think even to like the late 80s or like early 90s. But um, before I get to that, um, let's see. Uh, they say crop circle enthusiasts have come up with many theories about what creates the pattern, ranging from the plausible to the absurd. One explanation in vogue in the early 1980s was that the mysterious circle patterns were accidentally produced by the especially vigorous sexual activity of horny hedgehogs. Okay, yeah, that's definitely ridiculous. Um, some people have suggested that the circles are somehow created by incredibly localized and precise wind patterns or by scientifically undetectable earth energy fields and meridians called ley lines. That's that's an interesting one, or maybe even the wind one. I like the ley lines better. I think I, I like things that lean more towards mysterious. Um, many who favor an extraterrestrial explanation claim that aliens physically make the patterns themselves from spaceships. Others suggest that they do it using invisible energy beams from space, saving them the trip down here. Still others believe that it is human, not extraterrestrial, thought and intelligence that is behind the patterns, not in the form of holsters, but some sort of global psychic power that manifests itself in wheat and other crops. While there are countless theories, the only known proven cause of crop circles is humans. Their origin remained a mystery until September 1991 when two men confessed that they had created the patterns for decades as a prank to make people think UFOs had landed. They had been inspired by the 1966 Tully UFO report. Um, they never claimed to have made all the circles. Many were copycat pranks done by others, but their hopes launched the crop circle phenomenon. Um, now, the name of these guys, um, they their names were actually, or, or I'm, I, I'm assuming they're still alive. I, I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on that one. Um, Bauer and Chorley. Now, this is on Wikipedia where they're talking about them. Uh, in 1991, self-professed pranksters Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley made headlines claiming it was they who started the phenomenon in 1978 with the use of simple tools consisting of a plank of wood, rope, and a baseball cap fitted with a loop of wire to help them walk in a straight line. To prove their case, they made a circle in front of journalists. A seriologist, which is an advocate of paranormal explanations of crop circles, Pat Delgado, he's the seriologist, examined the circles and declared it um, 
authentic. Well, Pat Delgado, the seriologist, got he examined the circles and declared it authentic before it was revealed that it was a hoax. Um, once again, they mentioned that um, the dads were inspired by the crop circle account from 1966. Um, Bauer and Chorley actually claimed to be responsible for all circles made prior to 1987 and for more than 200 crop circles in 1978 through 91, with 1,000 other circles not being made by them. After their announcement, the two men demonstrated making a crop circle. According to Professor Richard Taylor, the pictographs they created inspired a second wave of crop artists. Far from fizzing out, crop circles have evolved into international into an international phenomenon with hundreds of sophisticated pictographs now appearing around the globe. So these two guys were kind of the first to kind of come out and say, well, hey, we did it. This is how we did it. But I don't know, something just seems fishy about that. I'm sure they did make a lot of them, but I still say that some of the more complex ones, I just, I really don't see how humans could have made those. But that's just my take on it. Um, see here. Uh, now here, here are some of the features of crop circles, and this is back on LiveScience.com. Um, of course, they are circles typically. Um, crop circles, as the name implies, almost always involve circles, rarely triangles, rectangles, or squares. Though some designs contain straight or curved lines, perhaps not coincidentally, a circle is the easiest pattern for hoaxers to create. Okay, the next characteristic is they're typically created at night, so they're nocturnal creation. Crop circles are formed overnight, often sighted by farmers or passersby the next morning. Though there seems no logical reason for extraterrestrials or Earth energy to only create patterns at night, it is obviously a great advantage for hoaxers to create the designs under the cover of darkness. Full moon nights are especially popular. Okay, so the next characteristic they call camera shyness. Crop circles have never been recorded being made, except, of course, for those created by hoaxers. This is a very suspicious trait. After all, if mysterious earthly forces are at work, there's no reason to think that they wouldn't happen when cameras are recording. The same thing is true with other explanations, including alien spacecraft. The only thing ever caught on camera making the circles are hoaxers. Okay, next trait, um, no obvious human trace. Most crop circles show little or no signs of human contact. While many people consider this very mysterious, in fact, it's quite logical. Hoaxers who devote the time and effort required to design and create the often complex crop circles are unlikely to carelessly leave obvious signs of their activities. Found this one interesting too. Um, access to roads is the, the final one that they give. Crop circles usually appear in fields that provide reasonably easy public access close to roads and highways. They rarely appear in remote inaccessible areas. Now, see, I didn't know that. I thought they usually were in remote areas. Um, they rarely appear, okay, rarely appear in remote inaccessible areas. Because of this, the patterns are usually noticed within a day or two of their creation by passing motors. So um, that one is interesting. And, and like I said, I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of them that are created by people. It does seem just overly simplistic when they just talk about the ways that they are created. Um, it just, I don't know, it just 
seems like something so complex. And they and a lot of them, they look so beautiful when you're looking at the aerial view and you're looking down at them. And it's just hard to imagine that people could have done that, at least with the crude instruments that they claim, you know, they use to make the crop circles. You would think maybe with some heavy-duty machinery or something or just something that would allow them to make those shapes. But, you know, usually human beings without the aid of a computer or something like that can't make perfectly geometrical shapes. But let me go let me go over here. There's something else. Because there's one that actually gives the steps on how they're made and they just sort of break it down for you. If I can get my, my um, tablet here to show me. Okay, so I don't know if I'm kind of losing my connection here, but I thought the horny hedgehog explanation, I thought that one was, was pretty out there. And and here's the thing, not saying that that I believe in aliens, I'm 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 open. I don't know if we're the only things out there or not, but I just know when I was younger and I would see like the crop circle patterns and all that, that was kind of the theory that popped in my head more because it just seemed like it would have to be something otherworldly, you know, that created them and stuff. So I mean so, I mean, it, it's fascinating, but I think because most of the stuff I was reading, I guess, I, I went on a few sites where they kind of had more paranormal explanations for it, but because there's such um, a deep consensus that mainly they're made by human beings, I think that kind of took the fascination out of it for me. So I can't say this was my most interesting um, topic to research, but because I didn't get a chance to get to it when I was doing the um, animal mutilation, because that episode was actually supposed to be two topics, the crop circles and the animal mutilation, I wanted to make sure that I was able to come back to it. And I am guessing here that my tablet does not want to pull this up. It's off the um, telegraph.co.uk where they're actually talking about how, how they are created. But an, another topic while I'm waiting on that to see if it will come up, um, I'm not going to go off deeply into this because it's so fascinating and I don't want to, like, really cut it short. But I was thinking that maybe for next October Pet Spectacular, I really would like to talk about this. But um, but I found something regarding um, – Actually, the way I found, and I'm sorry, guys, my my phone is beeping in my ear, so that was kind of, like, distracting me. But um, I like to, you know, just kind of entertain myself when I'm getting ready for work in the morning by being on YouTube. And I kind of ran across, um, sometimes I'll listen to people, it's weird, I'll listen to people narrate uh, supposedly real life or true scary stories, and they have different things that they talk about. And one of the ones that I was listening at was, like, the accounts of supposedly, like, a real-life park ranger where he was talking about, like, some of the strange and mysterious disappearances and the way that people get killed in, like, the national park system when they're out there camping or, you know, just, you know, just touring the national parks or whatever. And so that, I mean, it was really, really entertaining. But then by me listening at that, I found out about, like, this real-life researcher who researches real disappearances because, um, the one I was listening to, I think they kind of pulled that off of Reddit. And, you know, a lot of the stuff on Reddit you can't necessarily say is real life or not. You just kind of have to take word of the contributors on there because they're just kind of telling. you got some people who are just on there just telling 
scary stories just to be entertaining, but it may not necessarily be true. But um, it, it actually led me to a real-life researcher by the name of David Politis, and he actually has written a couple of books. Um, he has a book called Missing 411 where he actually um, talks about people disappearing in, like, um, the woods and in the national parks and things like that. I mean, it's really fascinating because sometimes the people disappear under such strange circumstances where they may be with a group of people, and it's kind of like they can just be like, well, they were just here, and, you know, they, they might have just stepped away for just a second or a couple of minutes, and then it's just like, you know, it's just like they disappear into thin air. And you have some people where they're never found, and then you have some people where they are found, but like certain articles of their clothing are missing, or um, or you'll have people where they're found so far away from where they disappeared, and it's just like how on earth did they even get in that spot? And then you'll also have situations where people are found in water, but but it's just like all it, it's really it's weird circumstances and, and like you have a situation where like the the rangers and the, the search and rescue people they will have combed an area for a number of weeks and like they will have you know gone over a certain patch of um land or whatever you know like 20 or 30 times and they didn't run across the person's body or whatever and then some so many weeks later it's like the person's body just ends up in the spot that they know that they had already combed, you know, very heavily. So it, it's really fascinating, and I've kind of, like, listened to um, Mr. Politis give talks. You know, he's been on Coast to Coast AM. Coast to Coast AM is a cool show. They um, cover, like, um, paranormal topics, conspiracy stuff. You know, a lot of people will consider most of this stuff like conspiracy theory stuff. But, I mean, the stuff that Mr. Politis covers, you know, because he doesn't necessarily try to give an explanation for what he thinks is happening to these people or what is taking them or making them disappear. He, You know, he's just dedicated to the research of it, and I can respect that because I think a lot of times people try to pressure him and be like, well, what do you think it is? Is it Bigfoot or is it this or is it that? Because there are some of them, and I won't get into it because I really might want to, you know, focus on this next year when we do our October Pet Spectacular, where um, some of the clues could point to, like, a Bigfoot-type situation, not all of them. But the neat thing is he doesn't just cover the, like, national parks. He also has um, books or, or a book where he covers, like, you know, urban areas because you also have weird disappearances in urban areas where you have um, people in a particular age range, um, very smart, intelligent um, athletically, um, people with athletic, athleticism, and they're also, you know, smart, things like that. You have these type of young people who just sort of disappear under mysterious circumstances. Um, so he covers different parts of, you know, uh, North America. I think he also explores, you know, um, parts of Canada with disappearances. And I think he even, like, um, talks about disappearances outside of the U.S. also. So, I mean, it's really, really fascinating. Um but it's missing 411, and um, the gentleman is David Politis. Um, he spells his last name P-A-U-L-I-D-E-S. So, I mean, if you're interested in things like that, if you're kind of fascinated in mysterious things and supernatural, you know, that, that it will be very interesting for you to listen to some of his stuff and um, go on his website. He has a website, um, canammissing.com. It's C A N A M 
M I S S I N G dot com. So, um, really fascinating stuff. Might even want to check out Coast to Coast AM if if you're a person who's just fascinated by things like that. You know, they talk about all different types of things. It doesn't always have to be about paranormal, but it's still, I guess they've discussed more things that are on the fringe, so to speak. So um, never could get my tablets to come up with the um, with this website that talks about how the crop circles are made. Don't know what's going on with my connection, but don't worry. I will be sure to um, post the link to that on our Facebook page and also on our Twitter page. Also going to be working on the website. I know I've been very, very much behind on our Missy Show website, so I'm going to get that up to speed, and I'm hoping that I will have things much more together for the upcoming um, 2017 Missy Show year. So um, working on that, and like I said, I will work hard to get the November schedule out for you, even if I don't get them all the way up on Blog Talk Radio site, which I have to do that because, of course, we have next Saturday's episode coming up, so I have to at least get that one posted. I want to at least get the schedule out there to you so you'll know what episodes are coming up. So I'm going to probably work on that as soon as this episode ends, and hopefully at the latest I will have that out for you guys sometime on Tuesday. But I wanted to thank you guys for listening in and making this October set. Ah, I can't talk today. This October pet spectacular um, series. I will say one of our best because I don't know. We just had a lot going on. I, I hate that Dee wasn't able to be here, and then with me going on vacation, that sort of took two weeks away from it. So I won't say this was our best year ever. But I'm thankful that you guys came back to listen. You know, for another year of it because I think this is our third one? Yeah, because we had one in 2013, 14? No, 2014, 2015, and now in 2016. So that's in 2017, if we're still going strong, that will be our fourth. So I'm hoping to come up with bigger and better topics for you guys. I tried to keep it animal-related at first, but it's kind of hard to just limit the uh, paranormal um, topics to just animals. I, I did it as long as I could, and I will still strive if I can to come up with animal-related stuff. But I think this time around for this year, I just said I was just going to, you know, be just go freeform with it and just talk about any scary topic. But thank you once again for tuning in, and I hope you guys will stick around for our November and December episodes. Promise to come up with some good stuff for you guys. But at any rate, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I hope you guys have a safe Halloween tomorrow. Everybody be safe. Take care of you and your pets. Bye.